Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening, good evening, and welcome to One Love, One Connection, One Us. Uh, And today, uh, my beloved and I, we are going to be talking about doing away with relationship fault finding. And my name is Riven Arlene Cahet, and you're on? My name is King Andre Tito. <laughs> and before we get started, what we're going to do is go ahead and get prayed in. And I think we're going to do uh, we're gonna do the whole thing today, just to give and give people the opportunity to come in. So hold on. And this is the Anabakoa prayer by Thomas Shalar Walker. And if you are interested in actually having this rendition of the song, uh, just fringe uh, Thomas on Facebook and see if you can make arrangements to have that particular recording. Okay, so hold on. Here we go.
that in our conversation today, we can actually kind of guide our conversation into that general space, if you will, because what I find interesting about relationships is people have a habit of finding fault with the person of which they're in a relationship with. It seems to be the status quo as I have observed my experiences previously. But when you're in a relationship and you are seeking the good, you are searching out the best qualities, the better qualities of the of the person that you're with. To me it seems to tighten the relationship. It seems to add a positive energy that brings a positive vibration and brings a totally different frequency into the relationship. And it makes it so much better. And I find that with you. And and, and I just got to say that. I mean, it's, it's for real. And I, it's not a cliche and something that I'm just throwing out there. But just because of the relationships that I I have had previously, one of the greater aspects in this relationship is that awareness of the compatibility. And I think relationships fall apart because there is the awareness that the compatibility is not there. You know? And then people start finding fault because the compatibility isn't there. That's my take on it. We can talk some more about it. <laughs> okay. Um, and, I, and I, I would have to be in agreement with you, especially when you are in that first phase of the, um, you know, that falling in love thing, uh, that uh, I, I guess they call it limericks. But anyway, regardless, especially when you're in that, that first part of you meet somebody and you are overlooking those things that, you would not necessarily want to have in a partner or in, in a relationship. And even with that falling in love part, there's always some type of indication that whether or not the relationship is going to work or not, I call it, I, I call it that kind of gnawing feeling um, that, that I have, which is, you know, there there's this just feeling that I have of like, you know, we are not a match. That and that's the only the only 
set of words that I have for it that were not a match, that there's something something up there. And it's more of an intuitive thing that sort of that sparks right off. Um, because I, I've been in relationship with people where I have, even even with those relationships with people, uh, there have been times when I've been attracted to people and and you know there was something that was quite kind of off they may not have necessarily been that into me um or vice versa where i wasn't necessarily into the other person and i had that gnawing feeling like uh, you know we're not a match so i i think that because of that um, because you have, because people don't have that tendency to honor that sort of intuitive impulse that they get right from the beginning. That um, that that they kind of dis- they go ahead and they discount it. And so, I yes, I could see how that is. Uh, done, but I also think that what tends to happen is that you may even actually enter the relationship and things may have, you know, not have gone right, or things are, you know, things start off wonderfully. And and then you then you start fault finding because it becomes a bit habitual. I know that I for myself and when it came to relationships I've I've had I've had people who had more criticisms of, of me than I did of them. And then the thing is is that I would I would, you know, make requests of them in order to see if the relationship can be sustained because there's certain needs that I had in the relationship and then they they were discarded. And so my fault finding kind of amplified when my needs weren't being met. And when you fault find, you tend to, you can, you know, sometimes you can tend to demonize the person. But I, I did get to a point where I realized, well, I, I didn't need to fault find the fault find with the person anymore. I just recognized that I was not going to be able to have my needs met in those particular relationships. Now. One where one place, and and this is for all relationships, not just intimate ones. But um, I will bring up um, an idea of what I meant by uh, by what I said earlier of relationships being sort of co-creative, like whatever you bring attention to in the relationship will amplify. So there's some family members of ours. And and one daughter um, that one of my well one of one daughter that this family member has she was is known for getting uh, not being able to control her temperature not being able to, 
Did I say temperature? <laughs> I'm glad you heard that. <laughs> My apologies, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't mean temperature, but her temper. <laughs> Anyway, she has he she she would have trouble controlling her temper. And so because of that her mother uh you know continually brought attention to that. And then you know some time had passed and you know both mother and daughter came up again and and I saw that the mother was making consistent um, effort and consistent prayers to look for the good in her daughter, to amplify the good in her daughter. And what she had noticed that when she started looking for the good, then, you know, her daughter's behavior began to slowly, you know, change. And her daughter was making more of an effort. To uh, control her temper, and she actually started. The daughter started having power side chats, or actually saying out loud, "Look, I I don't want to continue living like this. I don't want to continue behaving in this manner. Uh, I I want to be better." Now, and I I thought that 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 was uh, a wonderful realization of how her thoughts were influencing the daughter. And and mind you, this is something that happens quite often in relationships that that your idea or your perception of a person it actually has an influence over another person. And it's a part of the co-creative process. And just think of it this way, that your thoughts about an individual go before you. And because they go before you, it starts that creative process with them before they even get in your presence. That energy that, that, that you have towards them or that those thoughts that you have towards them actually start that process of creating the type of exchange that you are going to have with them. I know that, give another example, where a person, a friend of mine, he he had been dating somebody that he had dated prior, and and he he was yeah he was dating and they had had a tumultuous. Um, well, not tumultuous, but they had challenge, a challenging uh, relationship prior to he would do things that would needle her and she would do things that would needle him and what have you. But before, uh, I'm not quite sure of what her thoughts may have been about him prior to getting uh, in his presence, but he almost had, he had this premonition that that the relationship that they had been having or this this whole process of dating each other again that they had been having was going to end. And 
what he related to me was that they had that they had an exchange over some really trivial uh, you know things and I'm not you know when he shared it with me he was like I felt it coming he was like I felt it coming I felt like the same way I felt when the relationship ended the first time and so what is that what was it that he was picking up what was it that he was picking up in terms of her thoughts because what ended the, what ended up happening was that even with all of the relationship work that he had done um and actually using the tools and methods that he had known for uh, relating with people better and using nonviolent communication, uh, it ended with him, <laughs> you know, ended the conversation with her and just saying, you know, I'm done. So, so there is something that sort of like prepares a person for their uh, meeting with you. Do you uh, do you have anything that you would like to share? What are you talking about? <laughs> Go ahead, Lily. Okay, okay, so okay. what I'm talking about is that your thoughts have an influence over the nature of your relationship. And because we are we are interconnected with one another. Oh, sorry. Okay, apparently you were hearing me. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay. Y'all, y'all didn't catch that, but um, I think when she took a look at the uh, the screen, she decided to press a button, and because she thought that she wasn't being heard, but then... As she started talking again, she apologized to everyone that you guys wasn't hearing her. And as she's talking again, I'm looking at her, and I'm like, but I'm not hearing you. And, and I'm in the same room with her, but, you know, I have my headphones on listening to the program. So that's, that's why that uh, open space is very ladies and gentlemen, and please do apologize for that. But, you know, we're human, and I am scared. I'm just trying to grow to be more. (laughs) Okay. So, okay, like to continue on with what I was saying, we actually are able to have influence over each other. When you go into a space or you go into, you know, go into a place where you are wanting to have a – comfortable exchange with some, someone or you want to have a loving exchange for with someone if you actually mentally get into that place of mentally rehearsing the fact that you're going to have a wonderful exchange it's almost as if those thoughts that you have 
of having a positive exchange with someone goes before you and kind of prepares the way so that you have a very comfortable exchange. And those particular uh, those particular examples that I was giving kind of show that 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 actually happens that when you start mentally preparing um for a loving exchange with someone um you know and especially if you do this in a meditative uh, meditative mind then you will find that you will have a more loving exchange with someone okay so do you do you want to yeah i got you i got you now um So what crosses my mind at this particular point is a thing that they call in psychology a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yet people don't recognize that we have a power that creates our own reality. If you think on a thing in a negative way, not only the power of your thought influence it, it actually can create it to be the negative thing that you are not only focusing on, but it is the negative thing that you are manifesting. You know, there are scientific studies that go to show um, how they were working on some quantum physics and the scientists had come to recognize that, for example, they wanted to find the smallest particle. And this group of scientists, over the years, I think it started in 1909, actually, was working on finding the smallest particle. And the years, they've come to discover that their thoughts actually influence the results of the experiment because the creative energy of the thought seeking a smaller particle in actuality creates a smaller particle. So no matter how small the particle they discover when they go to find the smaller particle, it makes manifest a smaller particle. The same thing happens in relationships because what you're focusing on in that relationship, you are a participant in its creation. So if you desire a positive relationship, then you need to focus on a positive relationship. If you focus opposite a positive relationship, then you are, in essence, creating with your own thoughts the opposite of a positive relationship. But people seem not to grasp 
that. And it's important to share because people inherently want to be pleased. I think everybody in the world really wants that. They want to be pleased. I don't think a person deliberately wants to go out there and not be pleased. You know, it's like go to a restaurant and order some food, and you say to yourself, I don't want to be pleased with this food that I'm ordering. No. People don't do that. People want to go to a restaurant to enjoy what they are ordering off of the menu. That's why there's a menu, so you can make a choice. Ooh, the power of choice, but we'll get into that later. People inherently want to please, and people inherently want to be pleased. People inherently want to be happy. I think it's just the way of which we are constructed. I don't think a person really wants to be unhappy. But we come across people who are complaining all the time that they're not happy about something. So if you're complaining about not being happy, You're focusing on the thing you don't want. Yet, you focusing on the thing you don't want manifests the thing that you don't want. This happens. The individual begins to seek out something else. And that's the trick in the whole mechanism of this whole experience. That's when I think Manipulation and relationships starts kicking in too, because another person feels as though they can do something like this to bring this result, when in actuality they're the cause of everything that's going on in the relationship, but they don't see it because their focus is in the wrong place. All of life is about frequency and vibration. What you put out, chances are you're going to get back. Okay. Okay. Um, I could definitely see that. Um, uh, and and I have. And and here's. <laughs> and here is. The whole caveat to. Okay, so you have this idea and you have this mindset about the way things. Are you there's something about that other individual that you don't like, so you start to set into motion this idea that if you do this certain thing that you'll get a better result if you do that certain thing in order to manipulate the person into doing whatever it is that you're wanting them to do and When you start, and here's the thing, that when you start that process of doing that that thing that you want to do in order to yield a certain result, then what, what tends to happen is that you enter into a power struggle with the other person that you are involved with. And I recall... 
I recalled having the the one of the reasons why I had wanted to talk about manipulation really was because there was a okay so there there was a friend of mine and she was telling me about moving in with a uh, moving in with the person that she had been you know that she had been involved with uh previously and he had gone away for 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 various reasons but in any way he had come back into her experience and so they were going to do this process of living together and her thinking behind it <laughs> had me a little bit concerned but I I chose not to say anything because that was her journey to walk. And one of the things that I've learned over the years is to not really give anybody any more relationship advice, um, not unless they kind of directly ask me for it. But, yeah, she she was wanting what she, you know, she said, well, you know, now – with him entering, uh, you know, us living together and what have you, you know, I'm, uh, you know, it would give her a more of, um, what I sensed from her was that she would have more control over the situation than she had before because he did not show up in the way that she had desired before. And and so she was entering, re-entering this experience with this person because she was she had this uh, control, uh, or her idea or her perception of control control of the situation because it wasn't her going into his space but him coming into her space, so that there would be like this sort of leveling off of the playing field. And I just remember thinking to myself, I was like, yeah, I don't know if that's going to work. But, you know, again, it was her journey to walk. And she didn't actually ask me for advice, or at least ask me for advice on that particular part of uh, her decision-making process. Now, mind you, it's my understanding that... Uh, other people had told her that they didn't think that it was that it was such a good idea to go through this um, experience, and uh, but you know she uh, the heart wants what it wants, the heart wants what it wants, and she she wants him, um, and and it really it had really put her in a place I'm thinking and you know and hey and perhaps it will work itself out I I, and I ideally I hope that it does Um, but she had put herself into a place of of a power struggle within the relationship and so when you are operating in that place of of Fear of like saying that there was something that happened in the relationship that you did not like, and so you use external um, forces in order to bring about your desired result. 
what that does, in essence, is bring out the dysfunction in the relationship and probably enhances it more. And I guess, you know, it kind of remains to be seen what happens, but I'm not too sure that that's going to work out. But again, I can't be, I could be wrong. Anything that you would like to add to that? Yeah. Power struggles. It's really, really about emotion and emotional reactions. Yet people must come to understand of the world of emotions, there can only be two. Of these two emotions, there are a host of spinoffs. The two emotions are either fear or love. The power struggle that manifests are power struggles that manifest through the ego working against the other person's ego, attempting to overcome the one and the ideas and the... I guess the the energy that the other person has that you find or you choose to have conflict with. Because the interesting thing about conflict is not that it exists. It's that we choose for it to exist. Hmm. You know, the spinoffs oftentimes, you know, when we look at love or fear, fear that there's things such as hatred, anger, violence, you know, negative things seem to live in that emotion of fear. But the emotion of love, that there's kindness and compassion and mercy and honey. Oh, wait a minute. It is not honey, but it sure tastes good. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, when you work to sweeten the pot, if you will, you find that you have yourself a better soup than to know what your taste buds are like. Okay, and uh, wow. Okay, you said a mouthful. <laughs> and I, I will ponder that, and we're going to take a music break because we've been talking for a minute here, <laughs> or more than a minute. But we'll be right back, and this is Jill Scott's uh, The Way.
Jumped out of bed, took a shower, dressed, cleaned up my Okay, so now that I've gotten a minute to kind of regroup and get my thoughts together, uh, I wanted to touch a little bit on what you had to share about that in actuality with the whole fault-finding thing um, and the power in the nature of the power struggle that takes place. 
how, in essence, what what's really happening is in the relationship, there may be a place where the individuals who are involved are not willing to um, meet the other's needs. And so the people within the relationship, if the, their needs are not met, then they start their their egos get into a power struggle of, well, I'm going to have my needs met, so I'm going to do X, Y, Z in order to make that happen. Although the, the problem with that is that the nature of the ego egos uh, going at it that way, what you do is you bring in more dysfunction into the relationship because of it. But the the mindset that I suggest, and I'm not telling you what to do, but the mindset that I suggest to those who may be listening is that if you find yourself in a place where the other person is unwilling to honor that request that you're making about a need that you may have, you really need to more or less kind of take it in like information like, oh, okay, because ultimately what it comes down, what happens is that, you know, that that request is not going to be met, even if you go through the manipulative tactics in order to get the other person to do what it is that you want them to do or what it is that you're kind of needing them to do in order for the relationship to be sustained. But when in actuality, what's really happening is that they're giving the indication that the relationship is not valuable enough to have that particular need met. Um, or there is something in their experience where they may have done that before, but they got burned before, and so there is they're they're not able to make that honor that request because of that or they have a particular block to that and and just through i guess you could say getting to know one another you will find out what that is and you can ask them directly you know what that experience why is it that that if you are in relationship with them, why wouldn't they honor? Why wouldn't they honor that request? Um, it could be as something. It could be also something simple as, well, you know, they hadn't had that experience of that whatever it is that you're desiring to be uh, taken care of, or you know, the request that you're making that they've never had to have that in a relationship before. So it may be a thing where you have to make the request over and over again um, until they they kind of pick up on the pattern that you are continually making the request. And then you yourself have to determine whether or not how long you will be in this process of having to say this, uh, say, make this request over and over again in order for that to be honored. Now, the other thing that I want to uh, talk about is that, you know, and and this is one of the things that we had that you touched on earlier, which is 
the place of operating, you know, out, you know, there are two energies. You're either operating out of love and, or out of fear. And if you're, when you're operating out of love, there is this level of just accepting the person and their, their nature and who they are and what, you know, what it is that they're presenting. But when you're operating out of fear, that's when the, you know, when you're operating in that place, in, in this particular context, especially when we're talking about relationship fault finding, essentially what you're doing is, um, well, this thing is not being met, and I really, really want this, I really, really want this met, and if I don't have this, then this relationship won't work. That that's like that's really kind of the mindset that you're bringing into the relationship when you are when you're operating out of out of fear instead of just more or less kind of taking it as information as to how this person negotiates and navigates through their own experience. Is there is there anything that you would like to add to that? Well, you brought in the song, Is It the Way You Love Me, Baby? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yes, it is. Oh, most definitely. And and I thought about that because I remember relationships being energized by the way a person which was female, so just don't get it twisted. <laughs> it tickles me when I hear people talk, and, and they'll say, um, but I guess it's, it's, it's a given. But um, I find people, this this is a sidebar, I just have to do this, where, where people will say, well, when you're in a relationship with people, blah, 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 and I'm like, okay, I'm looking at this dude, and the relationship has to be a woman. But someone told me that there is this thing called modern sex, and modern sex does not have to include the clear definition that the man is with a woman or vice versa, because a relationship can be with anybody in any kind of manner or bodies. But getting back to the topic at hand, (laughs) I remember the way in which a person loves me is generally what draws me in, okay? And it kind of locks me down. And it knocks me off my feet. It knocks me down. And I like to sit there in that love energy. And as I am absorbing that energy, I'm getting pumped up. I'm getting excited about this relationship. And it allows me to grow. It allows me to manifest the love energy that's inside of me that has been waiting to get out. But then I remember a relationship where this person was really showing love in a way that it was 
the sweetest thing I knew. But because I was in the process of learning that love language and was not responding as they wanted me to, they decided they wanted to change the way they loved me. And it was like, well, you're acting like you're, you're like, uh, I, not that I had a shield up and not that I was being hardcore, but I wasn't what you call sugar puffed <laughs> because I was doing my masculine energy, you know, and being in my masculine energy, I'm going to have my I'm a man type of thing going on, okay? And the person shifted because it was like, well, if you got your, I guess, I'm a man thing going on, well, then I'll have my I'm a woman thing going on. And I was like, what is that? Because it didn't match. It didn't match. It messed everything up. And I was like, well, now you're trying to be hardcore. I guess that's what it was, being hardcore or, or being hard, if one person would call it hard. And I was like, I'm learning how to be the soft, kind person, and now you're going to switch up and you want to be hard? I don't need you to be hard, but I already know how to be hard. And so I don't need that. So it shifted my way of seeing things because now you're not giving me the love that I thought was genuine. Here you go. That's, that is even a power struggle, if you will, because of that shift. And the funny thing about power struggles, the funny thing about things like that, needs end up not being met. And when the needs are not met, we end up discovering that egos start playing a role. And people generally know that egos is like an acronym for easing God out, okay? So egos develop dysfunction, okay? And people don't recognize that egos develop dysfunction. So when a person is in a relationship and they're allowing their ego to start messing with their situation, what ends up happening, you start developing fault-finding mechanisms within your mind because now that the egos have developed dysfunction, the fault-finding develops a demonizing of the individual. When the demonizing of the individual starts coming in, you get to a place to where you are making a choice as to whether you want to deal with that or you don't want to deal with that, whether you want your needs to be met or you want your needs to be met someplace else. Because the funny thing about needs, they got to be met because they need. <laughs> right? So the thing is, what you seek, you can find. By design, but sometimes that design is not divine. 
and you get yourself caught up in a whole different situation. And that's when people start cheating. That's when people start going out trying to find things that they would rather do to seek something else because they're not satisfied with what they were dealing with. Yet, with the fine design, you must first seek the God energy in the other person. You know, that, I believe, is real love. That, I believe, is the thing that develops and grows and brings the at the coherency, the 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 the, 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 the adhesive, if you will, to staying together, to 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 feeling what you want, and not only does this manifest and develop the created energy that you desire, but it opens the doors for your needs to be met, because then that energy manifest the vibration that brings forth what's necessary because now you're sending out the frequency to have that vibration come to you. I mean, that's the way I see it. And I'm glad I see it that way now because there was times where I didn't. Life is about growth and development. And as we grow and develop, on the positive side of things, because this is the this is the divine inspiration network. So we are trying to divinely inspire you to recognize. Don't let the demons get up in your life, because they will run havoc, just like them little things that was running around called uh, gremlins. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> the gremlins. Uh, I remember that movie too. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and okay. So I know that we've really been doing like a whole lot of what I would call uh, esoteric highbrow highbrow talk. talk. So. I'm going to uh, I'm going to give a scenario and, and bring it down to the local level of what we're talking about. So, in my in my you know my let the person that I was married to before, um, one of the things that was happening, I, I and I will I will just say that again. <laughs> When you get that inkling and you get that niggle that, you know, that this just might not work, then you may want to actually honor that. Um, but I, I had had that type of feeling in, you know, with the relationship that I had. And I had observed in the relationship that that my needs weren't weren't necessarily being met. And... You know, I and I, I think early on, like before I'd done all of this relationship work, I hadn't really recognized that 
that when a person presents what they present to you that you have to you have to honor and accept that and so we had gotten married and I I tend to be a person who is affectionate but he was not affectionate in fact I think uh, for the most part, I think his love language, and when I think about it in hindsight, may have been gifts or um, acts of service. Anyway, I do recall at one point saying, you know, telling him several times over that, you know, that when we were further in, when the gloss was, you know, stripped from my eyes and and I would tell him, you know, I, I need you to be more demonstrative. I, I need you, more, you know, I'm a touchy-feely type of person. I may not have actually used the word touchy-feely, but, um, but something to actually demonstrate to me in your actions that you love me and you know and and again I, I had not read up on Gary Chapman's book of the five love languages and things of that nature so you know this was the way that I communicated this and I think at year seven in the relationship after not having the needs met after all of this time and and me making the request and, and me making the request and the feedback that I would get uh, the feedback that I would get with uh, from him would be well okay and then he would do it for a short period of time and then he would fall off and then the next thing that uh, the next thing that happened I recall saying to him um, you know I you know. I would like to have you say things that are more affirming about the relationship. Now, mind you, I did not use those particular words. <laughs> I didn't use the word affirming, but he was like, you know, Arlene, uh, it, you know, m- you know, men will see, say soft, beautiful words to you, you know, at any, you can say it, you know, at any time. I mean, you shouldn't really be able to be swayed by that. And when I, look back on, you know, when I look back on it, um, I realized that he had a fear of that type of vulnerability of showing me, uh, of showing me those things that I guess he may have, he did the, he viewed them as small things, they're very small things, but those small things became, you know, when you don't, when you don't meet the needs of those small things, when you, you know, I was, I got to a point within the marriage, whoa, <laughs> where, where I was in an emotionally, I guess you could say ravenous state 
for the things that I was needing in the relationship. I was doing things in order to compensate for what I was not getting in in the relationship. I was hugging people at work in order to cope with what I was not getting in the relationship, you know, at home. And it really, you know, I, and, and in my mind, really went through this period of just like demonizing him like he doesn't do this and he doesn't do that and he doesn't do this and he doesn't do that but it really wasn't until the funeral my mother's funeral that you know I'm sitting in this I'm sitting in the seat and my youngest son is sitting on my lap and my oldest son is sitting next to uh, next to him, and my husband, uh, my ex-husband, was sitting next to me. And my oldest son leans over; it leans over my ex-husband's lap, and it. My oldest son looks up at me, and he holds my hand, and that's when I knew. And and in that moment. I did not demonize him. I did not, you know, I did not demonize the situation. I just realized, like, you know, this guy, he just can't do this. He's just, it's just not in him to do this. And I've asked for this thing over and over again, and it's not important for him, important enough to him for for this relationship to be sustained, to give, to give, you know, to meet this particular need that I had. And not that there's anything wrong with it. It was just that we were not a match (laughs) from ultimately that's what it, and that's ultimately what it came down to. And I think that a lot of people may actually find themselves in that, in that particular place, but you don't really even need to get into that place of fault finding what a lot of times when those things come up in the relationship, when needs are not being met, and then the thing is, is that the other person is not in that place of the willingness to have that need to be met, and maybe they, and, and there's also a possibility that they don't recognize, uh, they don't recognize the importance of that need being met. It's probably like one of the reasons why some relationships tend to survive after there's been some type of infidelity because the person went outside of the relationship in order to have that need be met. Uh, needs are very important. Uh, non-negotiables are very important. Uh, you know, they relationships. Not that. Not that they, you know, you need to work, uh, you know, work really hard to make them work. But when you are in that place of honoring and respecting what uh, each other's needs are, what your requirements are, those things, uh, in order for there to be any type of mutuality, then you will find that that the relationship has a more of an easier flow. But there, you know, those things really kind of need to be there at the forefront. That the the desire to 
to make the relationship work. You know, the understanding that in order for the relationship to move forward, that needs need to be met. If you are a person who needs, you know, for me, it was affection. Uh, I enjoy quality time as well. I think that comes in a close second. Um, but, but having that energy of love and care for the relationship in and of itself, because this is something that you value that the, the, the life of the relationship in and of itself has a value to you. If it has value to you, then it is incumbent upon you to treat it in such a manner that shows that it has that type of importance in your life. Anything that you would like to share, honey? Oh, baby, I'm so sorry how that happened to you. I'm good. I think I'm good. <laughs> okay. yeah, your, your mic's not on, but I think they heard you, darling. I think they heard you. Um, I think it's interesting you brought that up. The, the, there comes a time in the relationship to where the concern of another person And their emotional state should be addressed by the other partner in the relationship. And when it is not, that speaks volumes. I reflected as you were speaking on a situation where the marriage I once was in took a strong hit and the hit at that particular time was an awareness similar to what you were saying in regards to what was happening with you where needs weren't met and I I refused to acknowledge that I was in a space of denial because I wanted my marriage to work you know I just wanted it to work and it was driving me crazy so the day where my father had to go into the hospital for knee surgery and I was in an emotional mindset of him being in the hospital and him going under anesthesia and he may not want to come back. It was a thing I was putting my own self through because of, I knew the nature of my father. Um, which was interesting because when my father did enter into a space of, I guess, a terminal illness, he told us that he did not want us to hold him back from going into the next realm. And so he, he, he faced death head on, if you will. But in my emotional Face concern that you would expect out of your 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 life partner when it's missing or it's not there. 
it'll wake you right up. And you'll be like, whoa. And it's so strange that it happened like that for you, and it reflected a memory that seems to match what you had gone through, which I, I said, like, wow. So the way that you love is key, and it plays a key role in relationship sustainability. You can't love a person and be at the same time. It just doesn't work. It doesn't match. I think it's important to recognize that relationships are by design. They're here to help us grow, develop, and become more. No matter what that relationship is, what you need to discover is what it takes for you to learn from what that relationship is. Once you capture your lesson in that relationship, you either build on that relationship or you build on your self-love to go to the next level of what life is about, which is relationships. And once you capture that compatible space, that divine location for the love that you should embrace, that embraces you in return, that reciprocity, you're going to find your happiness, you know? It's going gonna, it's gonna to show itself and make you feel comfortable with the skin that you're in and knowing that the other person in their skin is okay too. Because a lot of people say, my other half, my better half, but these are two whole people. Relationships are two complete wholes that come together to make a beautiful thing, to make a creation that is divine. That's what I believe. You know, and, and I mean, I, I love staying in that space of the esoteric. I mean, that's what life feeds me. You know, when you got to deal with all of that drama and all of that negativity, and believe me, I did. Soap operas didn't have nothing on what my life was at one point. I, I wouldn't. Even, I used to watch them because my girlfriends used to watch them. But it got to a point where there was no need to watch them because my life was a soap a soap opera by itself. I was like, Lord have mercy, I can't handle that and that. So I had to stay in my own space. <laughs> Okay, so I think we're going to take another music break. So what what do you think you're in the mood for? Any any requests? Nope. 
because I, I still got, is it the way you love me, baby, all up in my head. <laughs> I do. It's like, you know, if you got some Prince Do Me, baby, or I adore. Ooh, I like that song, but we don't have that. <laughs> I beat that for you. But you know, I don't. I don't think we like have that one. I don't think we have that one. No, I don't think we have that one. We got that one. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. I don't know if it fits, but I don't know. I'm thinking about that guy now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. 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 We're going to take a call by Kent. Good. I'm sitting here thinking about you tonight. And all that you mean to me. I used to think I would never fall in love again. Thank you. 
Okay, and so we're back. And okay, so all right. Uh, again, I would like to have the opportunity to bring my this idea about not fault finding down from the esoteric down into <laughs> you know i i know i know you like to you you like to hang out in that place but you know maybe there's some regular folks here that are that are listening so <laughs> but, but it's good it's good <laughs> um but i recall one time i had um a meeting with a client and she had she had some preoccupations and concerns about the daughter's choices. Um, you know she you know she you know she felt that her daughter's uh, the way that her daughter was running her life was just destructive, and she was wanting and she was genuinely wanting a better experience for her daughter. However. Because because of what she she was seeing what was she was seeing what is and kept experiencing what is then she got more of what is and you know because she was finding fault she kept you know her daughter kept find, you know kept doing you know a whole deal a great deal of fault finding then you know the daughter was doing the faulting that the the mother was you know, thinking about. So what I had suggested to her, and and anybody can go ahead and put this to the test, especially the first thing that you, um, if you do this as a spiritual practice, the first thing that you do is like in order to sort of what I would call prepare your day. So, and the reason why I'm recommending that people do this at the beginning of the day is because when you just wake up in the morning, you are in what's called the alpha state. And when you're in the alpha state, you are in that place where you're still operating in that dream state where everything is communicating on what they call, um, I guess you could say, a spiritual level it's for, in layman's terms. It, you're, you're still in that spiritual plane of the, the dream state. So what I had recommended to her was that, you know, that she started having an exchange with her daughter and actually see her and her daughter in a garden and just sending out these thoughts of like, okay, so, you know, what, what is it that you see for her? What is it, what is it her strengths that you see for her? What is it, what are all of the good and positive aspects about her? And she started, and she started listing them off. Uh, she started listing them off of all of the things and that she feels that her daughter was very capable, but uh, very capable and I was like, okay, so what you need to do is like, when, especially when you wake up in the morning and before you go to sleep, you need to go ahead and send that, send these thoughts out into the universal field, into the spiritual, uh, onto the spiritual plane, and communicate this with your daughter um, beforehand. Because I think her daughter had gotten into a situation where she had, she was also, <laughs> she had also experienced some trouble with the law. And, and so, you know, she had like a whole lot of concerns for her. Well, I would say that it didn't take very long. It took a period of approximately like two weeks. And she had put this into practice where she did this um, 
you know, right at right as she got up in the morning, and then right before she went to sleep, and before she did would do meditation, and she noticed that her daughter began to do things that were, you know, that she made more empowered decisions. And one of the things that I really, really want to reiterate to um, anyone who's parents out there is that when you start focusing in on the positive aspects of your children, when you hold them in that space of, you know, I want, you know, that I know that you're capable of doing this. I know that, you know, and especially if you do it, uh, you do it in that meditative and spiritual space, that it's almost as if the children rise to the occasion and become or, you know, feel that, that confidence that you may have with them. And also, you know, you want to go in that place of actually encouraging the positive things that the children are doing in the first place. You celebrate those things that are positive and those positives. And if, you know, you find something that, that isn't quite right, you correct them, but you don't keep continue harping over it over and over again. You correct it. You do whatever it is that you need to do. And then you move forward and continue in that positive space. And, I'm going to I'm going to tell you what I tell everybody whenever I I do when I make a suggestion like that. Go ahead and put it to the test. Don't just take my word for it. Go ahead and put it to the test and put it to the test for I would say at least four weeks and see what happens for you. And that can go for any relationship. It does not necessarily have to be relationship with your children. It could be relationship with a coworker. It can be it could be a relationship with, you know, your friends. It it can go for it can be used for any relationship and just watch the nature of the relationship change when you when you use the power of spirit to influence the relationship in a positive way. And this will allow you to get out of that space of finding fault with people because like here the thing about it, you know, we're having we're having our human incarnation and Unfortunately, with our human incarnation, there are things about us that are, you know, that are not quite right. (laughs) And hopefully, well, I would say ideally, on a certain level, we are looking to improve those things about ourselves. It's just that a lot of times when we get into our negative things or negative behavior, it has become habitual and change actually you know change actually takes work however you as a person who is holding the space for another person especially if you know that they're looking to make a change you can actually hold that space for them and see them making the change and just through their desire for the change and you seeing them in that space they will they themselves may actually have that change take place in their experience.
anything you want to share? What's coming to me is demonizing, and the opposite of demonizing is angelizing, (laughs) I guess. I don't know. But the point I'm trying to make is God is about relationships. Demons come from the devil. That's my understanding. I, I think that's how that equates in our world. So if you find yourself fault-finding, you're not building a relationship. You're doing what the devil wants you to do, which is destroy your relationship. Because all of us, we are given the gift of life. The gift of life comes from God. So what we need to do is seek that God character in every relationship that you're in. And you will find yourself living a better life. You will find that confusion and hostility does not want to be around you. I'm going to leave it there because if I say too much, somebody's going to miss what was said. So you will find hostility and all those negative things. They they don't want to be around you when you start seeing the God and the people that you're in relationship with, you know? Because you demonize somebody, what's going to show up? Demons. We talked about the gremlins earlier. Okay, we go to the next step. Demons, they'll pop up all over the place. You don't want that in your life. You need some help. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord, have mercy. Yeah, but, I mean, I know that in loving you and discovering the things that I see in you, it's the stamp of divinity, okay? You can complain about anything. Anybody can do that. But look at that as God's creature, God's creation. And God put that there. God made that happen there, okay? If you are complaining about it, What's that look like? Have a conversation with God about it, you know? And, and I bet you it would be a totally different experience. It's got to be. But you're having a conversation with the devil about it. What's they going to say? Oh, yeah, they ain't crap. Yeah, you got that right. Well, I go ahead and get rid of that one in a heartbeat. <laughs> Yeah, you got to know what type of energy you're living with and dealing with. I think that's key. You know, life is about frequency and vibration. It's about energy. And the energy that you live in is the energy that you live in. So you live in negative energy, negative energy is going to come get you. But if you live in positive energy, positive energy 
will come and greet you. So, I do actually have another technique that I, I, I would like to recommend to people, especially when you are looking to uh, change the nature and vibration and, and get out of that space of fault finding. Okay, so when you are in a meditative state, what you can do is make a request of infinite intelligence, of God, of, you know, of, of spirit, to bring all of your relationships up to the level that source would have your relationships be at. This is something that I had actually recommended to an individual not too long ago because she she was talking about how she had been having, you know, she could be enlightened as all, you know, enlightened and, and cool in her corner, uh, corner when she's, she's meditating on her map, but when she came out, that the true test really came out when she was dealing with relationships uh, on an individual level, and she would just get into a row with them, and you know she would get get into her. Okay, can you hear me now? Okay, and she would get into a row with them over whatever. And what I had gotten for her was that she, I was like, I told her, I said, look. Um, this is just a suggestion, and I and I'm again I'm into telling people to put it to the test. But my suggestion to her was to ask infinite intelligence, ask God, ask the higher power to bring those relationships and have them operate at the level that Source would have them operate at, because she is coming into her uh, coming into that space again. She may have been one she may have been fault finding, but she's coming into that space with whatever her ego and her expectations are and and they are coming into the space with whatever their ego and expectations are, but they really had to set aside whatever their ego and expectations are and bring that bring in the Christ consciousness into the relationship, bring in that God consciousness into relationship. So that they can get beyond whatever that was that that they that that power struggle or whatever that is that that's taking place. So that's another thing that I would recommend to people to improve relationships and to move beyond that place of fault finding. Because one of the things I will share with you, ladies and gentlemen, that. <clears throat> When you start doing that, when you start bringing in uh, infinite intelligence, when you start bringing in God into the equation of your relationships, and you have the relationships operate at the level that the creator would have them operate at. Because in, in actuality, all of our relationships with all people are looking for or aspiring to the highest vibration, but 
the thing is, is that you have to bring infinite intelligence into the equation in order for that to make be manifested. At least one individual within the relationship has to make that manifest and see what happens. Now, I will qualify this by saying that, you know, there are a few scenarios that could possibly take place. Perhaps the relationship will become more harmonious. <laughs> and you're laughing over here. <laughs> At my husband's laughing. But here but your relationship may become more harmonious. Or what what may happen is that the other individual just falls away. <laughs> or maybe you will fall away. But something, uh, you know, when infinite intelligence, when a relationship, when you bring infinite intelligence into the experience, there, there, it will have a powerful uh, impact on, on your relationships and, and, in fact, cause you to have what you would call sacred relationships. Yeah, I'm laughing because you're right. Um, Something's definitely going to happen. And I was reflecting on the time where I was doing all I could to bring God into the equation of of the uh, previous marriage. And I remember, (laughs) that's why I started laughing. (laughs) I remember being in the car and I was trying to, I was trying to, I, I don't know. I don't even know how to express it. So let me just get to the point. Yeah, she was sitting in the car, and I was talking to her, and I was like, you acting like the devil is all up in you. And, and I don't understand why you acting like that. And she turned around and said, I did I devil up in me. That's right, because I am the devil. And I said, oh, my God. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Then uh, I was like, and maybe she's right. Because you know what they tell you. They say, if a person tells you who they are, believe them. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> and, uh, oh, Lord, that was that was an experience and a half. Um, because a person is either going to gravitate to what where you are, that compatibility aspect, or they're going to be resistant to it and or be repelled by it. You have to learn the lesson that is there for you to understand because you can't understand somebody else's lesson and then try to explain it to them. You learn your lesson and grow from that experience and move forward. If moving forward means moving away from that experience, that relationship, then trust that the Lord has something better for you. Because that's what relationships, this is what God has put us here for. You know, good, bad, or indifferent, just learn which one they are. (laughs) You know, if it's a bad relationship, get to know that that's a bad relationship and make the move. 
If it's indifferent, that's okay because we all are individuals. A person can feel this particular way. You don't have to treat them as though they are a monster just because they have a different opinion. Let them live their life and you live yours. If it's a good thing, well, gratitude. Express that. Let the other individual know that. And if it's a relationship that's supposed to be lasting, it will be. I'm I'm so blessed to know that in my journey of relationships. All I don't think there's anybody in my family. I don't think there's I don't think there's anyone in my family. We just had a family reunion, which does not like me. I don't think. I mean, you was there. Did you see anybody look like they didn't like me? I don't know. <laughs> all I know is that all I know is that I try to live a life that emanates positive vibration, and in doing that, the positivity will come forth. I mean, it was like when they asked me to do something um, at the banquet. It was just divine intervention that had the DJ put on the song Happy Feelings because that's what it was all about. And I just started singing a song. When they gave gave me the mic, I just started singing. And then one of my cousins said, okay, now, go ahead and, and make the announcement about who's got the contest going on or something. But you know, they know who I am. But that's what life is. Life is about recognizing your journey and living your purpose. And don't let nobody take you out of that. I guess I haven't said enough. <laughs> and with that being said, <laughs> we are pretty much complete for tonight. Um, but uh, tomorrow, Healing Paradigms will be on. I <laughs> I do apologize, ladies and gentlemen. I kept, you know, I kept uh, postponing um, the show because it kept getting in conflict with the things that the activities that we had on. But tomorrow's show is Healing Paradigms pre- presents, uh, you know, you can't, you know, the, the things you can take with you <laughs> You can't take it with you <laughs> Yeah, but the things that you You know um, You can't take it with you Well, I'm saying Okay, I know <laughs> uh, You know The show is called, and let me just double check the title of the show just so that (laughs) so that (laughs) so that my my hubby over here doesn't drive me crazy with you know (laughs) with no. Exactly. (laughs) All right. So the show tomorrow is called You Can't Take It With You. 
and the things you can, but I could not fit the rest of the title into the, you know, into the blurb there. But the, it is a spiritual download that, that I received um, about, about life. Just, you know, just your incarnation, your life, and the things that are important and the the things that are, the things that you can take with you from this life into the next one, you know, and it, and just so you know, you know, you, I'm, I'm going to say this as a preface to the show, don't wait until the sweet by and by to get your, uh, to get your, uh, to get your blessings. The blessings that you need to get are now. So I'm going to, preface it by saying that and just be prepared ladies and gentlemen but anyway is there anything honey that you want to share with the audience before we get off the air the show is called you can't take it with you and the things you can I like that part the things you can because people don't know what they can take with them you know that they ain't got a clue but that's cool. I like that. Um, you know, um, King's Philosophy, I don't know, is supposed to happen on the fourth Thursday, and we are doing a series called Thieves in the Temple. And there are several temples. There's the temple of your mind. Your body is a temple. There's an emotional temple. And then there's also the institution known as the temple with a whole bunch of thieves that you can see walking around. (laughs) But the ones that you can't see walking around are the ones that's in your mind, the ones that you allow in your body. And, ooh, you know, it would be a good idea to actually talk about how people have spirits attached to them in bad relationships. Because they up there screwing around. Oh, did I say that? You know what I mean. They have a relationship with people that they really have no business being with. And they have spiritual attachments that cling to them to enter into their body temple. And then their behavior has changed and what have you because they have not been the caretaker of the temple as they ought to, and, of course, at the emotional temple. So we're going to be dealing, that's why it's a series. There's a whole bunch of stuff we're going to talk about. And uh, we talked about it last, fourth um, Thursday, which was July. And I'm sure you can find that on Blog Talk somewhere. I'll need notes more about that. But, people, we love you deep from our heart, and it's about heart love. And let your heart love, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all I got to say, Dallas. Okay, okay. And with that, we are going to find out. out. And this, this love by India Ari. <laughs> <laughs>